0: Here on news Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Yesterday, had a uh, really interesting opportunity to learn about a program that you heard David mention there at the top of the hour news uh, that is a partnership between the Veterans Affairs Administration and uh, the uh, uh, FDA, or the, the DHA, which is the Defense Health, I was trying to think, what is the acronym again? Uh, the Defense Health Agency, which is the Navy, essentially, uh, Department of Defense, like the Naval Hospital. And very cool program for local veterans, if my clip will play.
1: (laughs) I want to thank Admiral Case and Captain Kuhn, critical partners, in the announcement of this uh, important partnership to offer uh, ambulatory procedural care first and then escalating into even more and more care that we can offer to veterans in the Naval Hospital in Pensacola.
0: Okay, and and now you may know these words, but not everybody is going to know these words. Ambulatory is like walk-in. I don't don't know why sometimes people, you know, uh, outpatient basically. You can come in, you can go, you can move around on your own. Otherwise, you know, you have care that is bound or, you know, overnight, that kind of thing. So uh, in outpatient or ambulatory care is the very first stage, the lowest and easiest level to treat. But they're going to start moving into other things as well, and they've already started actually with some, um, you know, relatively low-level orthopedic care, which is bone-related care.
1: The fact is, they've already started to treat veterans there for simpler ambulatory procedures, and everything from orthopedic care to other types of care that veterans need. So that started just a few weeks ago.
0: And this is uh, Undersecretary for Health at the Veterans Affairs Administration, Dr. Sharif El-Nahal, talking yesterday to a... There was a press conference of three of us. <laughs> it was it was me and Laura Hussey and another gal, and uh, we were there to ask the questions, which I did. You'll hear my questions in just a minute. But basically, the idea is that right now, if you're a veteran and you need to get you know, clinical-level care, hospital-level care... Um, of any kind, you go to the VA and they say you need this care and then you either go to a local hospital or you go into the community is what they call a community care in order to get it. Or you go to Biloxi or you go to Jacksonville because they have you know more facility, more capability than we have right now. And so the idea is to alleviate some of that stress that is put either in the travel on the veteran or on the, sometimes the wait times to get into community care can be just as long between the back and forth of paperwork and authorizations and everything else. And also, you know, the community care is not built for the veteran. The community care is built for the community. And so the extra volume created or extra demand, if you want to think of it, created by the veterans going in the community a problem for the community too and so the idea is is there is there a way to alleviate all these issues
1: we intend with this partnership to expand more and more of that type of procedural care to veterans here so that they don't have to travel to as many private sector institutions for that care and certainly don't have to travel as often to the biloxi va main hospital which is a couple hours away obviously from Pensacola.
0: And for those of you who are not in the military, and I would say this is me, I did not know a lot about how the system was structured. It's like a, the kind of thing that you learn and then forget, and then you learn and then you forget, because it is so bizarre. But the most bizarre feature of of uh, military care is that there's care for people who are in the service right now, okay, Defense Health Agency overseen care, Um, And one of the things there is it's historically been split out by service, you know, so you had the Air Force doing their medical service, and then you had the uh, Army doing theirs and the Navy doing theirs. And there's been this initiative to try to bring all of those things under one umbrella, the Defense Health Agency, and not try to have them all be separate. It was insane to have it all be separate because, you know, it's not like you need separate uh, treatment protocols and separate doctors for Air Force versus Navy, obviously. Um, But you'd go to like the Navy Hospital if you were in the military. Now, the military can also go to, you know, uh, non-military providers, but that's, you know, that's also been a change in recent years. But those facilities that are available, those doctors, those medical services that are available for people who are in service right now are not available to veterans and vice versa. (laughs) The Veterans Affairs stuff is not available to people who are in the service and then there's all kinds of other complications dealing with who pays, how much, how long you've been in if you're a veteran, if you have a disability, what, what percentage of disability you have. Um, trust me when I tell you that if you're not familiar with this world of concepts and practices, uh, avoid it at all costs. Because <laughs> I'm getting a vehement uh, head shake from David uh, across the way, who is a veteran, um, that it is crazy, nutty, Byzantine, difficult to navigate, and frustrating. Okay, but 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 a lot of the frustration—it's not bad people; it's just that the system is designed to handle so many things. Anyway, the basic distinction that you've got one set of medical providers for the in-service right now for the people who are in the Navy and the Marines and the Air Force and the Coast Guard and you know and the Army, and then a whole other set of services for people who are veterans doesn't make any sense. Doesn't really make any sense because why would you create two completely Parallel, redundant separate systems for populations that really could be all treated under one. And that's what this is all about, is trying to find a way to take some of the surplus real estate inside the Navy Hospital and in Pensacola and use it for veterans because then you don't have to build a building or send them into the community or whatever.
1: We know that we need to hire more people to serve veterans here in Pensacola and throughout this region in the panhandle. But we also need more space. Space is a very important constraint here. And we know that among the easiest ways that we can have our personnel combine forces with DOD personnel is to use underutilized space within DOD facilities.
0: Yeah, which, again, it makes perfect sense. The Naval Hospital of Pensacola has fluctuated quite a bit in terms of its capabilities over the years and, you know, what is and is not available to be done there. But there's a there's a lot of empty space, basically. A lot of space that could be used if somebody had a need for, you know, say, hospital level services, but they just don't have the staff to do it because they're, you know, they're not employing those resources right now in the Navy, in, in the DHA. Um, but they're going to try to create, they're going to use that space for veterans affairs, VA folks to use for veterans. And this is a pilot program like Pensacola is going to be used as the first of its kind partnership in this way. And we're going to learn how to do this. And then they're going to expand this across the United States. So Pensacola is really a newsmaker in this regard.
1: This is the first and I think flagship partnership like this that we're going to try to replicate, by the way, across the country where we are co-located with VA assets, medical centers and clinics with military treatment facilities.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, because a lot of places, not everywhere, but there are places that have it kind of just like us where they're literally next door to each other. Um, and in other places where they're not as an ex other, you can still find a way to use the resources to serve both populations.
1: We know we need more doctors. We need more providers. We need more accessible care. We need better and more significant outreach and getting folks to understand what services that we offer. I don't view it as the responsibility for veterans to figure out what we offer. It is our responsibility to communicate clearly and effectively to the veterans who earn this care. It's not just care that they qualify for. It is care that they earned.
0: Yeah, and the idea there is, you know, the VA recognized that it has not done nearly enough to inform veterans. I mean, you remember this thing they did a couple of months ago where the veterans, the VA said, hey, if you have needs or you think you might have been affected by things like Agent Orange, you know, come down to our one day registration testing regime. And they got a thousand people to show up in a day. The problem is that there are so many vets out there who don't even realize they're entitled to care, don't even realize the VA could be treating them, and you say, well, we've already got wait times and backups. How is putting more people in that system going to help? Well, yes, (laughs) they're aware, but also, well, for those people— who are either paying for care they didn't realize they shouldn't have to pay for, or they're just not dealing with a system that is at least theoretically going to understand their needs better than maybe private care would, because the military often has certain kinds of problems that other, you know, populations don't necessarily have. So this is, I mean, this is honestly, this is very exciting. Uh, Rear Admiral Matthew Case represents the DHA
2: yesterday. For us, this is our opportunity to partner um, with our next door neighbors here, who take care of many of the same patients that we do. And
0: obviously also, um, you know, what is their interest? What is their level of what do they have to do basically to participate in this? This is, the, again, the, the DHA side.
2: This is very easy. We had some space in our building that was not being used. We live. We we're across the street from a facility that needs some additional support. We have teams that can do that to support that. And we get to work together, which is the best thing of all.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's a genuinely fantastic partnership uh, because it's only going to be a little bit right now as they've kind of already started, but it's only a little bit, but it's going to grow and grow and grow. And we're talking like they're hiring 60 people, 65, 70 people in order to staff this. That will grow. I Unofficially, I have heard numbers that are much higher than that. Okay. I mean, much higher for the number of staff that they're intending to bring here. But the basic idea is that you know, the Navy staff benefits from this because they see how the VA operates and they can work with the population. And anytime you can get sort of underutilized resources to actually be doing things, they're learning. The VHA, or the VA, for their part, they're going to be practicing and showing and doing things like for cleaning up operating rooms afterwards is a very important part of this. Uh, just like a little thing you don't think about. Well, the um, DHA staff going to learn how to do that from a standardized protocol that doesn't change every time somebody rotates in or out of this. They don't have to retrain all the time the way they do right now. Um, hiring, like I said, Dr. Uh, Stephanie Rapaski said that they're hiring about 65. She's the director of the Gulf Coast VA health clinics. Um, and, you know, the Navy right now is not hiring new staff, but they're eager to work together with it. And and again, they are well aware of the delays. They are well aware of the problems. They know they have to work on it. They said that yesterday, but. It's kind of funny. I was trying to learn all of this material yesterday, and then kind of at the end of this press conference, I was asking it back to them. So, do I understand the various aspects of this right? I hope this is, uh, it's it's audible. We'll see. You talk about this being a pilot program. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm imagining that means that the goal is to roll this out into other communities. Presumably where there is a uh, surplus capacity or space in the naval facility that might be available The local VA facility is being underutilized right now, that's the plan eventually? Yes. Yes. And would this also mean now, pardon me for not understanding completely, but uh, people who would have to go into the community to get, for example, hospital-type services, it's not just that they will be able to get them here as opposed to going to Biloxi or Jacksonville or someplace else, but Will actually be able to alleviate some of the demand on community services because we're going to expand capacity at the naval hospital that will serve them. Is that all right? Yes, absolutely. Right. absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you, if you, if you yeah. want to expand a little bit, uh-huh. then, what the benefit is to the, the, the to the veteran and also the community.
2: Not my words, but
0: your words. Sure. You want to
1: I,
2: yeah. Sign him up. You're a new healthcare no. <laughs> navigator. Well done. Our job's done. We can leave now. They wanted to hire no, me. No, <laughs> um, that is. Exactly, true. I think in my opening comments, if I didn't articulate that well, the stress that we put on the system, like the patient you're talking about, um, my, I feel that's part of health care. So how are we treating the person from the time of the appointment all the way through? So I think this, ideally, is going to help reduce stress on, our, on the community, those folks that we serve, because we'll be able to take care of them under our umbrella, under our services by people that they know in the system. They know their community folks, but we're stressing our community as well. And like you heard, the, the healthcare issue with, with nursing isn't just for the VA and for the Navy and for the DOD, it's across our enterprise. So how we're putting the right people in the right places, and this is a place where we invest together, we invest to take care of our veterans and, our, and help our Navy uh, eligible folks as well and our DOD folks. I think this is a big win. And, we need to hire you for that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Not available. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so that's
0: kind of the gist of it. Very interesting stuff. Like I said, First of Its Kind of program here in Pensacola. They want to expand everywhere else. I wanted to get David in here for a second because, obviously, you know this terrain better than Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, you've heard all of this now. I know I was at the press conference. You weren't. But um, do you have any reaction to all of this in terms of its significance for the veteran community?
3: Well, it's it's an exciting idea um because it is as a veteran it's inconvenient when you need something and you have to drive 3 hours to get it right so that's a big benefit for a lot of veterans i th- to me the thing that jumps out at me is they talk about the people they're going to hire to start this program. And I wonder how difficult that's going to be because we know the challenges in hiring anybody for anything. Yeah. And especially when you add in the layers of bureaucracy for, you know, government employment and that.
0: And they did mention that, that, you know, they're working on accelerating their onboarding process. Um, I got the feeling, but I didn't ask this question directly, that because they've already been doing this for a couple of weeks with the orthopedic ambulatory care, that they may actually have staff already in place. They may have already hired and have in place. It might not be a all right, we're getting, we're fixing to put out some well, ads. You yeah, know. and a
3: lot of times they can also shuffle people around and move right. them from place to place to put them where they need them. And this is an exciting program, though. Uh, it really should be a big benefit because there's such a big veteran population that yep. comes to and stays stays in Pensacola and needs that care. And going to Biloxi or you mentioned Jacksonville, that's a that's a pretty long trip.
0: That is a long trip. So uh,
3: that'll that'll be interesting to see how this all works out.
0: And and can you also confirm for the for the listeners that um, what I was saying earlier about the system being crazy, Byzantine, frustrating, difficult? Very and- <laughs> much so. Uh,
3: so I moved here almost three years ago now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's taken me until uh, just now to actually get my health care integrated into the VA system here. Wow. Uh, they God, now they did put me on that community care deal where you get right. sent out to another you know Good. to a different clinic. But that's just kind of a whole different thing in and of itself. And it creates and
0: extra problems, too. Right? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that, so I
3: would assume that this whole thing will save save money, save time, and save frustration if it works.
0: That's I'm, the same exact if. The same exact if. And, uh, you know, here's hoping because they're trying. So, and they are aware of all those problems because they talked about all of right. that stuff. Well, in our, and if you in don't try, stress.
3: you don't know. That's so, right. And,
0: you know, if you don't try something, it's not going to get better. Absolutely. And we know it's yeah. not good now. So, uh, David, thank you for the input on that. I really appreciate it. And as always, man, I appreciate you serving. Uh, 526 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you have a car that is an import, you pay a little bit extra to get it, Porsche, Beamer, Mercedes, Jaguar, or Lexus, you do not have to pay extra to service it. You do not have to go to the dealership. You can take it to Bobby Likes Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. They take care of these cars all the time. Save the time of the trip to, you know, Destin or to Mobile. Save the expense of the trip and then the extra expense of going to the dealership and get it done here at Bobby Likas. He takes care of those. They take care of those all the time. Um, it's uh, The website is carclinicservice.com. And the idea there is it's like a healthcare clinic for your car uh, to see, have them look at your car when it's healthy so that you don't have to have them look at your car when it's broken. Like that's kind of the idea. Preventative maintenance. Bobby Likas Auto Service right here on Davis Highway.
4: I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20.
0: So
5: am I because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia.
7: Fall is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's fertilizing the lawn, pruning, planting shrubs, and of course, winter vegetables. This is Mike Quiggins. If you've got fall gardening questions, we've got the answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Hour. And if you miss us on Tuesday, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9.
6: Presented by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, Barnes Speed Store, and Lucky Spines.
0: All right, 5.30 here on News ninety 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Of course, tomorrow is Veterans Day. That means that Veterans Tomorrow Park downtown from uh, at 11 o'clock, because it's always the 11th day of the 11th month at 11th hour. Uh, there's going to be a ceremony there, and uh, Judge Gary Bagosh is going to be involved in that ceremony pretty heavily. Uh, it's a good thing. Go to it if you can. Uh, and we'll have more about that coming up a little bit later on in the show. Stick around.
3: Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. No ceasefire, that from Israeli Prime Minister
0: Benjamin Netanyahu speaking to Fox's Brett Baer, but there are strategic pauses. The Americans came out with this idea there would be four-hour pauses across the board in the fighting, and the Israelis say that simply is not the case. They are calling this basically a tactical pause that will be implemented not across the Gaza Strip, but only in certain neighborhoods with one goal in mind, to get more civilians out of the way.
3: And Fox's Trey Inks explains after talking to an Israeli defense official, Prime Minister also telling Brett Baer Israel does not want to govern Gaza once the war is over. The district office of Texas Republican Congresswoman Monica de la Cruz vandalized over her support for Israel. And West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin says he's not running For another term, America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, News Radio 92.3. It is 70 degrees right now, partly cloudy skies here in Pensacola. Uh. The annual reorganizing of the Santa Rosa County Commission happened this week.
2: Given the circumstances, given that we still have two relatively new commissioners on the board, it would be my recommendation that the vice chair, Commissioner Parker, step up and become chair and then can select a vice chair or the board can can make motions at that at that time.
3: Uh, That from outgoing chairman Colton Wright. He will remain as a District 5 commissioner. Sam Parker was unanimously voted as the new chairman of the board while District 3's James Calkins was voted as the vice chairman. Calkins was last year's vice chair but was bypassed for the chairmanship when Wright was nominated. For his part, Calkins said this week it was the right decision. Florida Power and Light customers should see their bills go down in the next few months.
5: Every dollar counts in this economy. And that's why this rate reduction is actually very good news for our customers in northwest Florida.
3: Company Vice President J.T. Young, who talked to Channel 3, the Public Service Commission approved lowering the storm restoration recovery charge. That'll see the most power bills reduced by about $5 starting in January. The charge was specific to the utility being able to pay for repairs after Hurricanes Ian and Nicole. A uh, special holiday delivery from Cape Canaveral now on its way to the International Space Station. SpaceX successfully launched a Falcon 9 rocket last night from Kennedy Space Center. The rocket was carrying a Dragon capsule full of supplies for researchers on the International Space Station. Not all of those items are work-related, though. Those supplies include the staple of Thanksgiving dinner, like a turkey and cranberry sauce. The capsule expected to dock at the International Space Station tomorrow morning. Apparently less than 7 million people watched the last Republican presidential primary debate. NBC's broadcast of that debate Wednesday garnered 6.8 million viewers. The audience was down from the 9 million people who watched the debate last month and the 12.8 million that watched the first debate on Fox News. The next Republican primary debate will be held December 6th in Atlanta. Well, tomorrow is Veterans Day, and there's several Veterans Day events happening around the area. The uh, Pensacola Veterans Day Parade will start at May- on uh, Main Street in spring tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. That'll go from spring and Maine down to Bayfront Parkway. It'll end at Veterans Memorial Park. Ceremony at that park will begin at 11. In Milton, there's also a parade. Uh, that'll start at 9.30. It'll start at Milton High School and go to Veterans Memorial Plaza with a ceremony following at 11 a.m. there as well. And there's a Veterans Remembrance Dinner. That'll be held in Golf Breeze at 4 o'clock tomorrow night at St. Sylvester Catholic Church. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast.
4: Mostly cloudy skies today with a 40% chance of stray showers, high near 78 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 65 degrees. For Saturday, our cloudy and rainy chance continues, 50% chance of rain with a high near 72. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 62 degrees. Rain chance rounds out the weekend with mostly cloudy skies on Sunday, 40% chance of rain. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the first morning weather center
3: and right now we have 70 degrees in pensacola 70 in Gulf breeze and 70 in milton our next news at six breaking news anytime i'm david wayne news radio 92
6: what is News Radio two three? news and information, and information for, for Pensacola. Pensacola. The Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay 5 till 9. The Pensacola Expert Panel or Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins 11 until 2. Guy Benson from 2 to 4. Pensacola Right Now from 4 to 7. Dave Ramsey from 7 to 10. WEAR TV at 10 and Brian Kilmead overnight at 11 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable.
3: When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary, and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her, a lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis & Associates, and she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Banakis Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Banakis Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro advisor, call Banakis Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, call Banakis Associates. Now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Banakis Associates, leave the numbers to the experts.
4: your brand with custom engraved gifts and products from Prim and Proper, your clear choice for all brand and product needs. Locally owned and trusted, Prim and Proper offers custom engravings for promotional and gift items for your business. They also have so many unique gifts to choose from, including engraved drinkware, cutting boards, tumblers, water bottles, slate decor, and more to inspire you the moment you walk through the door. They're also the only local retailer for Sandhopper electric beach carts. Primandproper.com for more. That's prim-i-n-proper.com.
5: The Florida Department of Health in Escambia County works to protect, promote, and improve the health of everyone in your community. Listen in on Tuesday at 10:30 to the Pensacola Expert Panel when Director Marie Mott will give a public health update. That's Tuesday at 10:30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel.
4: The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620.
5: Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves will give his State of the City address November 14th at 6 p.m. Listen to it live on NewsRadio 92.3 or watch it at PNJ.com.
4: Good
0: morning 538 here on News Radio ninety-two-three, Informative Local Dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's good to have you with us on this Friday. Yay! You made it. Yesterday we had a chance to talk to the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department, Mike Wood, a good friend Mike. Welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you. Good morning. Always good to have you. We had a um, we had a very serious incident this week that um, actually there was a funeral procession involving the uh, Pensacola Police Department because of the death of a canine officer, Sino, right?
7: yeah we lost one of our own and um uh, you know i gotta tell you because of the time spent together uh and the trust that's built the bond between a police canine handler and his dog is incredibly strong those police dogs risk their lives to protect the handlers other officers and c- the citizens that they serve and unlike human partners the dogs and the handlers are together all the time the dogs live at the handler's homes and are loved by their family so you can only imagine the huge void that is in officer harris's life right now
0: no i i can't even i mean i know what it's like you know just losing a dog but losing a partner losing you know somebody that's been like the essential buddy and or cooperator this whole time for you know however long they've been working together it's um that's that's really tough do we do we know what happened because it was an on-duty death right he was in the act of patrol uh they were on a trail right
7: yeah, it was. It was. He was on duty and suffered a medical emergency, and uh, that, it, that's all I know at this point. Um, but it's you know we hate it, and and uh, you know there's some there were some photographs that that were put on on our Facebook page. You can feel free to go look at them. That are very difficult to look at, um, but just showed you the bond between that the handler, you know, between Zach Harris and, and his
2: dog.
0: Yeah, and I mean I can you know I can hear it in your voice too. I mean it's just not uh, you know, and I know look i know some people have the well you know officers they're just dogs no you, you know it's a lot more than that and the way the law works around this it's a you know it's a very very serious thing so i i know i had um when i when i first heard the story i was i was concerned that because i didn't know if the maybe the dog had some you know internal health problem or maybe if it was one of these like you know drugs and fentanyl because i'm always worried about this i mean you know the concern I have about these drug dogs is they're they're far more exposed to the fentanyl than uh, than the officers are, and I'm worried about the you know the the human officers as well. Do, but we don't know anything at this point about what might have caused it.
7: No, they're, that's being checked into. I just know that it was a medical emergency, and you know these types things will be investigated. to You know, hopefully find out exactly what happened and keep it from happening to uh, another canine. But you know, unfortunately, sometimes these things just happen, and yeah. uh, you know we've we've all we've heard of of canines being left in vehicles and things like that throughout the country that's not the case here at all um you know this is this is something that was it was a, a freak accident and they're they're looking into it and um, all we know right now is that it was a medical emergency
0: okay very good well horrible horrible news obviously uh we also you all have made an arrest for uh, the one of the shootings at pensacola village is that right a jacoby smith i believe
7: Yes, we made an arrest on that uh, on that shooting and also the one on Palafox that happened over the weekend um, we had a uh, one individual shoot another one in the abdomen and we were able to make an arrest on that one as well.
0: Now that one was the we had uh, two transients basically getting into a scuffle and one of them shot the other one. is that right?
7: That's correct yes.
0: and, and I mean do we know anything else either about what started the squabble or and is the victim is gonna he's gonna live? I don't know anything about the details here.
7: Yeah, I don't know about what started, what the motive was. Usually they're arguing over uh, over spots to, to uh, sit at or, or one of them has something another one wants. And there's a, there's a, a lot of things that uh, fights start over, but uh, that one I'm not too sure about. But I do know that the victim uh, is going to live. The, the injuries were not life-threatening.
0: All right. Well, I mean, very concerning. And, of course, I know a lot of people had kind of been posting about, uh, with the county working on their uh, you know, anti-panhandling, anti-median occupation kind of, you know, uh, ordinance, and a lot of concerns about debris and trash and campsites of sorts. You know, people like you know just kind of occupying too much space on the downtown uh, spots. I, I, you know, I know you guys want to do something, but often feel like you don't have a lot of opportunity to do stuff that's within the law, which is obviously a challenge. So I didn't know if it was related to any of that, but um, you know, I definitely wanted to ask you about it. One of the other things um, is. Uh, you guys actually were involved in major story this last week was the rescue of this five-year-old girl who uh went in a car uh you know a car not a carjacking but a car theft where the person apparently didn't know there was a, a girl in the back this doesn't matter you take a kid you take a kid but it was one of your detectives that actually found the car with the uh, girl inside of it right
7: it was uh his name is detective cachetta he he found that vehicle with the child in on mobile highway and you know i gotta tell you we're gonna assist the scamby county sheriff's office every chance we get and, and one of the Calls are one of the incidents that will empty the building is any time a child is in danger. Uh, we will assist them any time and every time, and they will do the same thing for us. That's one thing that um, that it's all hands on deck.
0: And, and look, I, I know I say this often, but I just feel like I have to say it as often as the TV lies to you about it. Uh, if somebody has a kid go missing, you call the cops immediately. You do not have to wait. It's a complete lie that you have to wait 24 hours and the cops don't care,
7: right? Yeah, how many times, I mean, I've heard that a bunch of times, and we've talked about it on the myth uh, segment of, our, of when we speak. And, yeah, you you might look, look around the house real quick, but don't waste any more time than that. Get on the phone and call 911, because you can always cancel us uh, when you find that child. So don't waste any time. Get on the phone and get us coming, because uh, there's a bunch of us on the way.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we're still working on the rollout for ShotSpotter, is that right?
7: Yes, sir. Still working on that. We're hoping for a, a decent rollout on that. And uh, things are moving ahead. And as soon as that is up and running, we'll, we'll let you know.
0: Very good. And I have this is kind of an odd question, I know, but uh, I happened to run into a, one of your officers. Uh, happened to run into his wife when we were doing the breast run and, or walk and walk for sure for me. Uh, but um, the, the other day. <laughs> and um, it was funny to me because. She was standing in front of her vehicle, which was, I think it was a Toyota Sienna, but it was definitely a minivan, you know, unmarked black minivan. And I had put photos up on Facebook because I thought it was kind of cute, like, oh, great, PPD's got an unmarked minivan. I mean, you have a variety of unmarked cars, but an unmarked minivan, which she's like, oh, man, no, it's fantastic. I'm super happy about this. But what I was also thinking is, how do you decide as a law enforcement agency, whether to buy and wrap a regular or just to keep it unmarked, because you have a pretty hefty mix of both.
7: Yeah, we do. Uh, it comes down to what the need is and money. Uh, the, the vehicles that are marked that are wrapped uh, are going to be vehicles that have a police package. Um, they're going to be they're meant to be uh, police vehicles. Uh, the other ones, the unmarked cars that that I drive, that investigators drive, uh, they can be anything and everything, depending on. Uh, what the what the vehicle costs. So uh, we have officers in just about everything. And, and I've when I've made traffic stops in my black pickup truck, I've told the person, please don't uh, – always keep in the back of your mind, we don't all drive marked cars. If you want to act up and and take off laying rubber on the road or doing 110 miles an hour on I-110, you've got to understand there's probably a police car right there, um, like you just found out. So, um, yeah, pickups, minivans, small cars, big cars, we have them all, and they're unmarked.
0: All I can picture in my head now is this particular officer driving down 3 mile bridge in the unmarked black Toyota Sienna with the rumbler active uh and at 110 miles an hour. <laughs> that's that's all I can think of. Yes. <laughs>
7: Oh, man. Yeah, you know, you've got to be innovative. And, uh, <laughs> so, do. yeah, we have just about everything out there.
0: Law enforcement embodies a variety of different tactics. Uh, do we have – I, I kind of did mention the one about the don't wait the 24 hours or whatever, but did you have another cop myth or did you know for us this week?
7: Yeah, and you just mentioned part of it. It's cop. How did the term cop come to be? Oh. And there's some inaccurate theories out there. Okay. Yeah, there's some inaccurate theories. And one of those is constable on patrol, and that's, that's not it. The other one is, is from the word copper, referring to – Uh, copper badges and buttons on the uniforms, and the problem with that is that copper was not actually widely used on police uniforms. And while theories are fun and interesting, the truth of the matter is, I had to go and look this up, that uh, cop in reference to police officers was developed from the verb usage of cop, meaning to take or seize. And cop was first used in place of arrest or to arrest around the year 1844.
0: So you're telling me Uh, that you you guys... You're telling me that you guys could just as easily have become known as arrests? Like we could be talking about, you know, yeah. hey, I saw a group of arrests over at the donut shop the other day. Like that could have been what we say instead yeah. of cops?
7: It could be, which is better than 5 the fuzz, 12, the heat, the man, boys in blue, gumshoes, bears, Smokey, barney, and blues and twos, and there's a bunch more out there that we don't think a whole lot of, so I won't mention those.
0: Yeah, there's some livestock ones that I think are uh, somewhat popular, but I don't really use those either <laughs> for obvious reasons. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike, thank you so much. Mike Wood is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. See, you learn something every day. We learned from Ryan Jenkins earlier this week uh, how little profit goes to the farmer out of, a, out of a pair of jeans, and now we've learned that um, we should be grateful that we don't call them the arrests.
7: <laughs> that's not what we call them. It, yeah, it, and grateful for minivans. Yeah,
0: that's right, exactly. Mike, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Could be the collars. I hey, I saw two collars hanging out at the <laughs> just thinking of all the possibilities here. Oh, a uh, serious note, I got a call from Mike yesterday who wanted to update us on what exactly happened to K9 Sino. Um it didn't have anything to do with anything about the job, and and it turns out he was not actually on a track at the time, but his um his partner had noticed that instead of being a very very lively and you know almost rambunctious disposition, he one day on patrol just kind of started being lethargic and like on a quiet and depressed and he thought what's going on so he called a supervisor the supervisor said take him to the vet you know right away so he took him to the vet and they found that um it, i don't want to get into the details cuz mike did tell me it's pretty pretty awful but uh, basically there's an extraordinarily rare condition that um shepherds and malinois can get and maybe some other breeds too but it's particularly you know very rare is uh it actually there was an internal artery that got twisted and pinched and it cut off blood flow to his internal organs and they immediately did surgery to see if there was anything they could do to save him but there was nothing they could do to save him it was you know he was already very close to death because of this horrible thing that is the doc the vet said that it, it's such a rare condition that they don't e- he doesn't even remember the name for it. you know what I mean like it's that rare so there was nothing the handler could have done better there was nothing that Sino uh, could have done differently it's just this incredibly rare fluke horrible thing that wound up killing him um, and. That's just that's just what happened. Didn't have anything to do with drugs or fentanyl or injuries or heart condition or anything like that that people have speculated. So still our prayers are with the handler and um, you know, certainly with the rest of the force who took this kind of stuff very, very seriously and personally. 550 on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you are um, thinking about a home improvement project, if you've got a repair or an upgrade or remodel that you're working on, um, go to Pensacola Hardware. They they have the stuff you need. Okay, that's a guaranteed. They have, it, and they won't have to order it for you. You know, some places you get to like there's an exotic piece of whatever you need and they're like, we'll, we'll get to you in a day or two. Nope, they have it because if you're going to need it, they're going to have it. And, you know, they're hundred and what, 32 years of existence. They've learned what people are going to need and they've changed over time based on new products. But the point is they never have to order something for you because they have it. And that's true whether you're working on something yourself as a private individual or whether you build homes for a living. They will have it in stock. If they don't have it, you don't need it, I'll tell you. Uh, Trust me, because if you take a look at their warehouse of what they do have that you won't need, (laughs) you'll never think of it. So... Pensacola hardware, a great place to get advice, a great place to buy gifts as we're starting to come into the gift-buying season. Hurricane supplies, I know it's a little late for that, but still you might think about things like that. Yeti gear, football, coolers, anything in that vicinity, and of course all the hardware you could possibly want. Right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street.
5: Celtic Angels Christmas captivates audiences of all ages with the magic of Christmas. Christmas! Celtic Angels Christmas features five beautiful women with glorious harmonies combined with the stunning dance routines of the Celtic Night Dancers. Join us for award-winning song, dance, and music like nothing you've seen before as
6: Celtic Angels Christmas carries you to Ireland on Wings of Music.
5: Celtic Angels Christmas, coming to the Pensacola Sanger Theater, Friday, November 24th. Tickets available online or at the Sanger box office.
6: When it comes to precious metals, there's only one place to consider, and that is Emerald Coast Coins. They're the local leader in dealing with coins and jewelry. Gold, silver, diamonds, and sterling silver. Emerald Coast Coins buys, sells, and trades. And for the past 15 years, customers from all over the Gulf Coast have trusted Emerald Coast Coins for the best estimates and prices in town. Stop in today. They're on Creighton Road right across from Tom Thumb. Emerald Coast Coins. Hi, this is Earl Ron, president of New South Window. If you need new windows or doors for your home, heads up,
1: this message is for you. New South is having a one-day factory sale, this Saturday only in our factory showroom. 40% off high-performance award-winning windows, 40% off energy-efficient windows and patio doors, 40% off our factory-direct products installed. Bring in your measurements for on-the-spot pricing or call today, one day only, this Saturday from 9 till 4. Please visit us at NewSouthWindow.com.
5: This Saturday only, save an additional 5% when you arrive before noon.
4: Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. The 38th Annual Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival is Thursday through the 19th in venues all along the Florida, Alabama Gulf Coast. Hear the writers' songs from seasoned and aspiring songwriters from all over the world. See frankbrownsongwriters.com. The National Park's fee-free day is Saturday. Find out more at nps.gov. Find more events and submit yours at newsradio 923com Pensacola
5: Mayor D.C. Reeves will give his State of the City address November 14th at 6 p.m. Listen to it live on News Radio 92.3 or watch it at PNJ.com. Look, water is leaking from her eyes. Oh, it's what they call tears. It's a sign of their weakness.
0: 554 here on news radio 923 informative local dependable I'm Andrew McKay interesting note coming out of Alabama you know how we've, we've had this um, conversation for years I mean decades even about what is the appropriate uh, way to execute somebody who's been convicted of death and of course the you know the um, lethal injection protocol has been the one but then there were problems with getting the drugs and companies that didn't want to manufacture them anymore because they didn't want to be a part of that process and, you know, looking for something else. And there have been, um, you know, areas I think Utah has actually I don't think they've done it yet, but they actually had allowed the possibility of using, um, you know, a firing squad, essentially. Um, And then we, you know, various other municipalities or various other states have talked about other protocols instead. And uh, Alabama has now set its first execution by or set the date for its first execution by nitrogen which is, you know, a little bit untested as a protocol. But the theory is that it would be painless and, you know, easy enough for the person that you're trying to kill. And I know a lot of people, uh, you know, don't really care much about that. But uh, these are the protocols that we have to follow to some degree because the Supreme Court has made the ruling that they have made about the cruel and unusual portion of the uh, Constitution. 555 News Radio 92.3. David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David?
3: Well, the White House says Israel will be allowing those daily pauses in their battle against Hamas so humanitarian aid can reach civilians. Deputy Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton told reporters yesterday that the uh, four-hour pauses will allow people in northern Gaza to head to safer areas. Election offices across the country today are on high alert after a suspicious mailing was intercepted heading to a California election office. Officials say that package was... uh, was stopped before it got to its destination, but similar suspicious packages were also sent to elections offices in Georgia, Oregon, and Washington. And uh, sad news to report, Andrew, NASA's oldest living astronaut passed away, Frank Borman. Hmm. Uh, He was an Air Force colonel who commanded two of the early NASA missions, including Apollo 8. Uh and uh, in a statement yesterday NASA said Borman died on Tuesday in Montana after having a stroke. He was 95. Wow. Definitely a long life. Yeah,
0: well, you know, healthy, fit, active, probably intellectually, you know, Curious and, and that tends to be the na- the astronaut profile, um, and you know as you say a, a long and uh, I assume I hope a fulfilling life. Uh, Five fifty six here on News Radio ninety two three. Uh, oh, this thing about Walmart. you see the Walmart is going to um, not just once in a while they're going to do the uh, low sensory impact um, I, I don't know protocol in the building, uh, but sensory friendly shopping hours are going to be getting at stores no nationwide. I ha- I was actually at Walmart yesterday, but I was not at the right time. So I did not get a chance to check it. But from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., it's supposed to be like they you know, they put all the screens on pause, essentially. They turn down the lights. They reduce the level of noise that might be going on in an effort to um, give a lower stimulus environment so that particularly children uh, who might be sensitive to those things—autism is the one that springs to mind naturally— uh, won't be as affected by it. So what I'm curious about is—and every day, apparently— for two hours is the story i've read again i don't know for sure if all of our local walmarts are going to practice the same exact thing and if you've been to one that's tried this already like yesterday uh or the day before you know let me know i'd be curious about your take i'm curious to see it for myself just because it might turn out to be oh man this this walmart's even better <laughs> like because i will tell you though i am a uh, we go to walmart on the regular for food because um, it's one of the you know great places to buy inexpensive food um I'm not a like Walmart environment fan. Like when I go into the Walmart, I feel my life force diminishing. <laughs> Last <laughs> night, me and my wife had to go to Walmart, and uh, we we went there for groceries. And at one point, we weren't even done with the list. My wife just goes, I have to get out of here. Right, it's, I have to leave right now, or I'm going to lose it. It's, it's, and I know some of them are better than others, and right. some of the flooring and the lighting. But it really is just like a life sucking environment. <laughs> it's a to lot. Go There's to. a lot going on. A lot of you noises. You never come out of there feeling healthier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's we, just. We had Autism on, oh, right. on the show this week, and just you know spreading awareness about autism and how it affects so many people in so many variations and so many different ways. Being in an environment like that with loud noises, TV screens going yeah. off, and TVs are always loud anyway especially on ads i mean it, it was a lot for me and and you know i'm not on the spectrum at least i don't think well you, know, you never so know they you, might reclassify us any day uh but no we're seriously about that by the way Oh yeah. uh thanks so much. that's that's interesting jake thanks for the perspective yeah. uh so anyway check that out at walmart let me know if you know anything about it uh f- you know if you're thinking about that next vehicle whether you're trying to decide to go new or almost new well frontier motors has the almost new you know one two three years old low miles great condition cars that have been driven by one person probably for you know if it's like a year-old car, it's got maybe ten or twelve thousand miles on it, and they're a condition. That's what they really specialize in. And when you go there, they're going to show you the price sheet and the Carfax, and the Carfax will tell you the vehicle maintenance and repair history to the degree it's been done, you know, and registered for that stuff. So if you go to buy a car from somebody else and they don't give you a Carfax, no problem. Frontier will do it for you for free. Why? Because it'll help. I still think you should get a vehicle inspection but a Carfax helps Frontier Motors and it's free. Frontier Motors right behind the big Buffalo on Beverly Parkway.
6: Local Talk in the morning 5 to 9 with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 923. WNRP Golf Breeze Milton Pensacola.